Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Okay, thank you, Matthew and Cheyenne, for dropping in. It's um, July the 5th, and uh, we're talking about God's law or man's. And uh, the subject that I had in my heart to talk about tonight was um, the benefits of God's laws. And um, that's some interesting information that I've been um, tossing around and and finding scriptures. And and, uh, hopefully it'll be as encouraging to you as it it has been to me. Um, <clears throat> Matthew, if you do have any questions, please, um, you know, please drop them in because it's encouraging to me also. Uh, it doesn't even have to be on subject, um, but uh, if it is, great. Um, like I say, I try and I try and use a lot of scriptures because I. Uh, I want it to be from God's words, you know, from the Bible. So, um, anyway, it's funny how I, I came across a little while later during my study um, how God wants us to benefit ourselves. So I thought, gee, that that might be a, a good one to start off with. And um, I'm going to type the scripture in, um, and we'll just read what it says. And um, because God does want us to benefit, he, he loves us, he cares for us, and he cares for the earth. And the only reason that he's um, He's given us this this book is to guide us, to teach us, you know, how to benefit ourselves and how to do well and how to be healthy and how to be happy and, and things like that. So um, in Isaiah... Put that in here first before I read it. In Isaiah chapter 48, verse 17. I want to make sure that's one up there. Okay, and then now I'm going to grab my Bible and take a look at it and, and read it to you. Forty-eight and seventeen. It says, "This is what your God has said: Your repurchaser, the Holy One of Israel, I Jehovah am your God, the one teaching you to benefit yourself, the one causing you to tread in which to tread in the way in which you should walk." And in eighteen, it says. Oh, if you only would actually pay attention to my commandments, then your peace would be just like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Okay, so he's he's showing us that he wants us to benefit ourselves. And if we do, you know, the peace 
would be just like a river. Okay, we would have so much peace by listening to his commandments. It reminds me of a scripture also that Jesus said. He says, take my yoke because my yoke is kind and my yoke is light and it is not burdensome. So when we um, listen to God's commandments and we do them, we actually get so much peace and happiness and it makes us feel good because this is the way he created us. To, to do his will, to be kind, to be joyful, to be um, happy. Um, this is what benefits us um, our, our, in our whole body, our whole soul, and our whole mind and our spirit. We feel good. That's what it's all about. The, these are the benefits of, of listening to God and studying the Bible and learning about him, learning about his personality, what type, what type of God he is. And he's a lot like us because he created us. And but he's he's the happy part, you know. He's he's the joyful God and the humorous God, and he wants us to be like him. Um, let's see what else I've got here. Um, I, I have something a scripture here in John eight and thirty two. These are the benefits, okay? These are the benefits. I want to keep reminding people what we're reading here. John 8, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I'm just taking a second because a lot of times I'll just kind of skim around the, the scripture that I'm looking at just to see if there's anything extra that I should add into it, you know, that, that I should read into it. <clears throat> if you remain in my word, you are really my disciples. And here's what uh, verse 32 says. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, the reason I thought that one was uh, interesting to us, Matthew and Cheyenne, is because um, when we learn about common law, okay, the truth sets us free from a lot of things, okay? It opens our eyes. We can see things. We see what's going on. We know what's going on. And it frees us from uh, a lot of things, you know, a lot of things. I'm not going to start saying what right at the moment because we there's so many things that God's word sets us free from. And um, I had a few things in mind that I wanted to to talk about that uh, God's word sets us free from. And it's a lot of anxieties of, of the world, quote, you know. There's a lot of anxieties in the world. And, and we think that, you know, we've got to follow these things we've got to follow the trends we've got to follow you know keep up with the you know whether it be technology or thank you for that verse you're welcome matthew 
You're welcome. It it does set us free, doesn't it? When when we know something, we do feel really, really good to finally know the truth. And and um, in, in particular, um, like I say, the, the world tries to keep us wrapped up in in all sorts of things that are empty deceptions, are useless, are are are, are a waste of our life, you know, and. I had in mind a few things here. I'm just going to look at my paper and how I've been writing things down this week and try to stay um, try to stay in in, a, in an order, have decent order here. Um, so the truth will set us free, you know, and, and here's some, some reasons why. Um, by learning about God, and and what his laws are, and and the peace that we get by knowing knowing him, uh, we can have peace in this corrupt world. Okay, we're always going to have troubles while this system's here, while God's allowing the system to be here. We're we're going to have trouble. We're going to have problems. But here's um, some something that's kind of reassuring of the benefits we can have the peace that we can have in this corrupt world. And that's, there's a scripture in Psalms chapter 37. Typing that in. Psalms chapter 37. And uh, I've just got a few scattered verses here. The only reason I do that is I'm just trying to stick to the subject. Not that they're not all important, but because we cover so much information, um, I'll pick just particular subjects, and you can read them yourself, you know, and and read um, the surrounding information around these scriptures. So, anyway, I'll slip over to Psalms 37. We're going to talk about some more peace that uh, God's law gives us and how we can get it, you know, and how we can retain this peace and these things that we can continue to keep thinking about will give us peace. Excuse me. In Psalms 37, I'll start in verse 3. It says, Trust in God, and do good. Reside in the earth and deal with faithfulness. And verse 4 says, And take exquisite delight in God, and he will give you the requests of your heart. Now down in verse 9, and here's you know where we can be reassured of peace in the future, okay, in verse 9, it says, For evildoers themselves will be cut off, but those hoping in the God Jehovah are the ones that will possess the earth. Uh, 10 and 11, I'll read 10 and 11. 11's my favorite. And just a little while longer, and the wicked one will be no more. And you will certainly give attention to his place, and he will not be there. 11 says, 
but the meek ones themselves will possess the earth, and they will indeed find their exquisite delight in the abundance of peace. I've used that scripture a few times, and like I said, it's one of my favorites, because if you can imagine, we, we they will indeed find exquisite delight in the abundance of peace. Like it's going to be way beyond what we can comprehend, you know, even pictures, you know, we, we can see pictures of paradise and, and like there's a lot of beautiful places on the earth that, that are like paradise. They are paradise. Like God's creation is beautiful and the world is just full of his creation and full of his beauty. But we really won't understand the, the peace, even when we're standing in a peaceful, um, you know, part of the world. Um, we still know, you know, the atmosphere and 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 everything around it is is still evil, you know, still bad. So by looking at this scripture, these scriptures and psalms, that you know, they the wickedness will be gone. Gone. This is a promise, and we will find exquisite delight in the abundance of peace. And this is where the truth, the truth of the Bible, sets us free from the anxieties of this world. Because even though we've got to go through this and struggle through it and fight through it and wrestle through it, we've got to kind of do it in in peace and love the best way that we can, you know, so that we can show others that, yeah, we do have a wonderful hope. We have a reason to be happy. No matter what we're going through, we have a reason to be happy because we have this hope, okay? And that's where faith comes in. And we're going to talk a little bit about faith because um, this is an, another benefit of, of knowing God and God's law, that we can have hope and that we can have faith. And those are, those are things that are unseen, you know, as well as a lot of things that are going to happen in the future. But hope and faith is, is, is very, very important. Um, and trust, you know, it's, it's like trust, eh? Um... I'm just going by what I wrote down here, and I'm trying not to go too fast because I really don't have a lot of information, at least I don't think. Um, anyway, the, the the benefit of, of God's law, in order for us to understand and know these things, we have to take in the knowledge, right? Okay. We've, you know, I've used this scripture before, and uh, I'll just say it again. It's John 17 and 3. And I guess I should put it in, okay? Because it, it's very important, really. They're all important. So in order to, you know, learn about these benefits from God, we have to um, take in knowledge from him and in the bible is the only place we're going to get this kind of knowledge no no other there's not a book on earth that's going to give us this other knowledge it's it's impossible okay here's here's what it says in john 17 3 like i said no other book is going to give us this knowledge okay this means everlasting life they're taking in knowledge of you the only true God, and of the one of of whom you sent forth Jesus Christ. Okay. 
This means everlasting life. They're taking the knowledge of you, the one and only true God. So that's the only way that we're going to receive these benefits and have these benefits is by studying God's word. And like it says, you know, this means everlasting life. They're taking a knowledge of you. How are we going to take a knowledge of God if we don't study the Bible? And if, if, if men and women don't believe the Bible, where are they going to get this knowledge from? Okay, if they don't believe it's in a book, then there's, you know, there's many, many, many books out there. But are these books really leading to God? You know, or where do they lead us? So a lot of information that we learn, um, we're being taught that we go to heaven or we go to hell or we go to purgatory or, you know, uh, wherever else. Um, I don't know. I think I remember when I was learning when I was young that I remember uh, men and women even talking about we go to another planet and we wait there for God to do whatever he's going to be doing here to the earth. But in the Bible, it doesn't talk about anything like that. It doesn't. It doesn't say, you know, that we're going to go to uh, heaven or hell. There are a group that are going to heaven, and we've talked about that a little bit. But it says that when you die, you are dead. You're in a, a, a state of sleeping. You are not aware of anything. These are. This is another truth, you know, that sets us free. Okay, because you know we we've learned that we go to heaven or we go to hell. Uh, we, we don't know what we're doing up in heaven, and, and we think hell is a fiery hell where we're going to be tormented day and night. And, you know, so, you know, especially children. I, I've, I've heard so many so many children being told, you better be good or you're going to hell. And, we, and we, we're raised to believe that. So every time we make a mistake or do something wrong, which we all do and we all will, we we think we're going to hell, so we're scared, you know. So many people have pulled away from God because they're scared, and they think He's an awful God, you know. They 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 don't know. They they just know these false teachings, and I'm going to call them false teachings because the Bible says that hell is the common grave. Hell is the common grave, and so these that that's another truth that. Um, you know, we can be free from. We know when we die, we're waiting, okay? We're waiting for God to uh, bring Armageddon, bring his war, uh, destroy this wicked system, and there will be a resurrection. See, this is why when Jesus came to the earth, that's why he showed the men and women on the earth that he had the power to resurrect, because that's what he was going to be doing, or will be doing, in the new system. He will be resurrecting. Now, if everybody went to heaven or hell, there wouldn't be a need for a resurrection. He wouldn't have showed us that he was going to do that. So what he did on the earth was a small scale, showing what he's going to do in the new system. Healing people, you know, giving them back their sight, uh, getting the lame to walk again. So these are all these are all the, the things we've got to look forward to in the new system, and uh, by understanding God's law, we are freed from all these false teachings. So I'm using false teachings pretty pretty bold here, and uh, you know if anybody believes that I'm not not telling the truth of what I've learned 
from the Bible, then they can speak up, and we'll we'll go over scriptures. But I, I'm going over um, the things that you know the shows that I've already um, studied, and and put scriptures up there to show um, what I'm saying. So, like I say, I might be being a little bold here about saying false teachings, but Jesus Christ would too, you know, and he did. And I'm not anywhere comparing myself to, to, to him, but I'm just saying that um, this is why I'm, I'm putting up scriptures all the time so that you can take these scriptures and, and you can read them and, and learn yourself and uh, come to your own conclusions. Okay, because I... I I'm not a pushy person. I'm not the type of person that try to, you know, make somebody believe in something that they don't they don't believe. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, so my point where I was was taking in knowledge, because um, this means everlasting life. They're taking in knowledge of you, the one and only true God, and of the one whom you sent forth, Jesus Christ. Okay, so we take in knowledge about God, and we take in knowledge about Jesus. Um, I have another scripture pertaining to knowledge also, and uh, it's in Colossians chapter 2, verse 3. And this knowledge is what sets us free. Type that in there. I hope you can understand what I'm putting up here. Like I, I think a few that are here now, we know Colossians chapter 2, verse 3, instead of me having to write in chapter and then write in verse. So I'm going to read what that says also. Carefully concealed in him are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Okay, I'm going to back up here. I just want to back up and see what uh, number two says. Yeah, I'll read it. Uh, I'll read two here. That their hearts may be comforted. That they may be harmony. I can't even pronounce it. Harmony. Oh, that's great. To be in harmony, harmoniously, <laughs> harmoniously, there we go, that they may be harmoniously joined together in love with a view to all the riches of the full assurance of their understanding, with a view to accurate knowledge of the sacred secret of God, namely Christ. And here we go again with three. Carefully concealed in him are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So these sacred secrets of God are in Jesus Christ. Okay? Because the two are, you know, like one. You know, they're father and son. So um, 
the Bible calls these the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, sacred secrets of God. And this is part of the reason, too, that many, many cannot believe in the Bible. They are blinded. The Bible says that they are blinded. Satan has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. And they cannot see. To me, I find it hard to understand sometimes. Like I don't, like I say, I don't know everything. I've got lots to learn. We're all babies. We're all babes. We're all babes in the truth. And um, when you try to talk to men and women about it, um, they just don't want to see. They don't want to hear. They they just can't comprehend. I don't know why. You know, I guess maybe it's like um, others, too, in, in common law or whatever else, you know. They just can't see. Maybe it's not their time, I don't know, or maybe God's not calling them. God calls the ones, the Bible says, he knows their hearts. He knows the ones that dread this system, this world, that don't like it, the ones that are searching out, looking for truth. He knows them and he calls them. The ones that, you know, may have a lot of money and rich and don't care about anybody else, selfish, greedy, or whatever, well, he wouldn't call them because he he would know there would be no sense. They're, they have to be at a time in their life where they, they, they actually want to reach out to God and learn about him. So then, then he will draw them. There's a scripture in the Bible. I was going to look for that today, and I... I just wasn't sure where it is actually maybe it just popped up here in front of me I got about four or five books on my desk and I just think well uh, maybe what I'm looking for might, might be in a different book um, yeah draw close to God and he will draw close to you Let's let's see if that's in Romans we'll see if I've got the right scripture here because like I say, not everybody is going to be able to see the, the, the sacred secrets of God, the sacred secrets of the Bible. Not everybody is going to be able to see that. And we are, and I've said this a lot of times, we are very fortunate, very fortunate. It's a miracle itself that that we have any information that we even know. It's got nothing to do with us. It's all God's doing. Let's see, Romans 15, verse 4. So no one can take any credit themselves, that's for sure. No, that wasn't the one that says draw close to Jehovah, draw close to our God. But it is a good scripture, and I'm going to read it. For in Romans 15, verse 4, for all things were written aforetime, were written for our instruction, that through our endurance and through the comfort from the scriptures we may have hope. Now may the God who supplies endurance and comfort grant you to have among yourselves the same mental attitude as Jesus Christ had that with one accord you may with one mouth glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So um, it's it's saying that the Bible, you know, everything that was written was written for our instruction 
and through endurance that we may have comfort from the scriptures. And here we go again with peace and to be set free from the anxieties of the world. Okay? Um, And we have to have the same mental attitude, okay, that Jesus Christ had. And we have to be with one accord, the same as Jesus. And this is the problem that we're having in this world is with so many different religions, so many different teachings, and so many different opinions. They are not all right. We have to find, we have to find a truth, you know, they cannot be all right because in Revelations at the end of the Bible, it talks about Babylon the Great. The empire of false religion is going to be destroyed along with the authorities and anyone that is ruining the earth. So the empire of false religion is also going down too. So we have to really, really search for for truth, not just something that we think is going to satisfy us and make us happy. We have to pray pray for the truth and and search it out and study the scriptures and we will be relieved to to find out things like no we're not gonna burn in hell. Um, I just can't think of any, any other things right now. But, um uh I um The scriptures inspired. I, I've pretty much uh, kind of covered that. Like all scriptures are inspired by God, beneficial for teaching and for reproving and for setting things straight. And that's in Second Timothy three and sixteen. The scriptures are inspired. Um, I don't have to get into that much in much more detail because um, with you, friends, on the calls, um, we've we've went through that one quite a bit and. <clears throat> And we believe that the Bible is from God, so um, I don't have to go into that too much more at this point. Um, I benefits from the Bible. I'm just trying to keep myself in track here. Um, math in in Matthew when Jesus first started preaching, he went on to a a mountain, and it was, uh, this was called the Sermon on the Mount. That was his, uh, one of his greater speeches, or teachings, let's call them teachings. Like he had crowds and crowds galore, and uh, I just want to read a few things from, from Matthew 5. how we can be happy in this system. Now, I had just wrote down Matthew 5 because I believe the um, the whole chapter was really, really good. So I'm just leaving it open at Matthew 5. Because the whole chapter is just powerful, just powerful. But I'm not going to read it all, of course. But I'm going to read in the beginning. And and this is kind of, you know, this may be a little deep, may be a little confusing. Um, so 
be kind of confusing. So when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up into the mountains and he sat down and his disciples came to him. And he began to open his mouth and he began teaching them, saying, Happy are those conscious of their spiritual need, since the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. So I'm just going to stop there for a minute and elaborate a little bit. And I, I think it's pretty basic, pretty easy to understand. But when when we know and we're and when we know that we want to get to know God, and you know, we're happy because we, like it says here, happy are those conscious of their spiritual need. So we know we, we need more. There's something more to life. There's 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 a, a spiritual thing that that we need. We feel we can we can feel in our hearts. We we wonder where God is. We uh, wonder what He's doing. You know. Well, you know, why are we here? Where are we going? So Jesus was saying, that's the first thing. Happy are you if you are aware of your spiritual need. And you are happy because you are going to become wise and you're going to find out things and you're going to get peace and you are going to be happy. So be happy that, that you're you're looking in this direction. Um, number four says, happy are those who mourn since they will be comforted. I'm going to read that again. Happy are those who mourn for they will be comforted. So when we mourn over this world, we mourn over death. We mourn because we're not happy with this world. We don't like the world the way that it is. We're not happy, okay? But in order to be happy as we mourn, we will be comforted by God because God God and Jesus drew these men and women that were mourning. This is the ones that he, he drew even, even back in Jesus' time. He drew the sick, he drew the blind. He drew the lame. He healed them and he cured them. And these are the ones that he went to because they wanted something better in life. They knew there had to be something better in life. So Jesus is saying, if you mourn, be happy because you will be comforted. That's a promise. So when you mourn, you know, don't don't mourn to the point where, you know, you want to go commit suicide or give up on life or whatever. Be happy because God says we will be comforted. So even when we're mourning, we can be happy. Makes sense? Even when we're sad and we think we hate the, I hate this world. <laughs> I shouldn't I shouldn't put it that way. But but yet yet you know, the Bible says, do not be loving the world or the things in it. Do not be loving the world or the things in it. And I do. I, I, I hate this system. You know, I don't like this system the way the system is. And, and most don't. Not all. 
but you know most don't unless they're rich and they're happy with their lives then then you know they 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 will not see God they're not interested in God but no um we are not to like this world and the things in it and we are going to mourn so we can be happy that we're mourning because we will be comforted um okay number five it says happy are the mild tempered ones since they will inherit the earth and that's in matthew 5 and 5 happy are the mild tempered ones since they will inherit the earth Number six, happy are those going hungry and thirsting for righteousness, since they will be filled. So like we're all, you know, on this, this call, you know, we're hungry for righteousness. You know, we're thirsty for righteousness. Um, the men and women that are in common law are looking for righteousness and um uh, justice and the Bible says happy are those that are hungering and thirsting for righteousness since they will be filled number seven says happy are the merciful since they will be shown mercy number eight happy are the pure in heart since they will see God happy are the peaceable since they will be called sons of God. <clears throat> Excuse me. Happy are those who have been persecuted for righteousness' sake, since the kingdom of the heaven belongs to them. Okay, I'm going to read that one again. Happy are those who have been persecuted for righteousness' sake, since the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Like if we died like Jesus did, or Paul and many of the apostles that followed Jesus, they died. They they were stoned, they were killed, they were beheaded, you know, because they would not um they would not give in and they would not deny their God. They would not deny Jesus. And they died. They died for that. So we can be happy if we're persecuted for righteousness sake. You know, when people criticize us <coughs> I'm sorry, excuse me. When people criticize us for what we believe in and stuff, we can just stand up and be happy and and say, hey, you don't know what you're missing. This is so great. This is so exciting. This is so cool. You know, and if they persecute us, we can still be happy. You know, persecution doesn't have to be in death. You know, they can persecute us by calling us names or, or whatever, you know, or shunning us or not wanting to talk to us or, you know, they see us, they run across the street. You know, so we're being persecuted in all sorts of ways, but we can be happy because we, you know, we're pleasing God by being persecuted. Okay, so these are all these are all things that can set us free from the world's anxieties. All these these ways that Jesus said that you can be happy. You know, um, be happy when uh, people reproach you and persecute you and lying and saying every sort of wicked thing against you for my sake. This is Jesus talking still. 
happy when people reproach you and persecute you and lying and, and saying every sort of wicked thing against you for my sake. Rejoice and leap for joy, since your reward is in is great in the heavens. For in that way they persecuted the prophets before you. So they'll lie, they'll say things about you, and that's exactly what they, they did to the prophets um, before Jesus' time and things like that. And they'll say things about us too, you know. Like we're we're not perfect men and women. And if you tell someone that you study the Bible, you're trying to do things God's way, no, you don't want to do this, or no, you don't want to do that, and they ask why, and you say, well, you know, I believe it's against God, and I don't want to do that, you know, whether it be a simple little thing like throwing garbage on the ground, no. Um, You know, we're trying to take care of the earth, you know, or, um, you know, we're not going to steal, you know, even if it's from a boss. You know, or something like that. We want to be pleasing to God. People persecute you. People look down on you nowadays, you know, um, if you do good. Oh, you know, as as they used to always when we were little and in school, too. You're a goody two-shoe if you do good. And it's even more so that way now. If you're not if you're not bad or don't take a chance and risk, and risk something by being bad, then, you know, you're an oddball. So... I just, uh, you know, kind of got sidetracked there like I usually do. So happy are you when people reproach you and persecute you and are lying about you saying every sort of wicked thing against you for my sake. Rejoice and leap for joy since your reward is great in the heavens. For in that way they persecuted the prophets prior to you also. And the same thing as they, they tried to do with Jesus, eh? They tried to uh, say he was blaspheming God, you know, that he was doing things on the Sabbath that he shouldn't have. They just did everything that they could to, to try to make him look bad, and yet he didn't make any mistake. He didn't do anything wrong. He was perfect, everything to a T. Um, so these are reasons that we can be happy, you know, even though we're going through hard times in this system of things. You know, we've got a hope to look forward to. We've got these benefits, okay? We've got these benefits from God um, that we're learning in the Bible, and the Bible gives us strength. God's God's words give us a strength, us hope, uh, faith to keep on going, to keep on slugging, okay? Um, there's another scripture that says, keep your eyes on the prize. Just kind of shows God's sense of humor too, eh? He doesn't want us to come to him just because we're going to, you know, be able to live forever on the earth in a beautiful paradise. Earth. He, he wants to come to him because we love him. We, you know, when you look around at the earth and you see all the beautiful things that he's done to the earth and to make uh, men and women and babies and animals and the, the little the little animals, you know, playing around and and it's just all beautiful, the flowers and creation in the heavens, you know. He wants us to love him because he loved us first, because he loves us. And that that's the kind of relationship he wants us to have with him. 
and um, anyway, that's another ramble. Um, so th- these are reasons that we can, we can be happy by knowing these truths. Um, I'm going to get into something a little bit different here. Uh, remember in the beginning, it, I had the scripture there, that the truth will set you free in John 8:32. And uh, I'm just going to talk a few minutes on uh, false teachings and traditions. Okay, false teachings and traditions. Uh, For example, uh, I'm just thinking of the ones that uh, led me to learn about God in the Bible and the teachings were the traditions of the world, Um, like Christmas, Easter, um, Tooth Fairies, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Grandfather's Day, St. Patrick's Day, whatever day, all these all these traditions. And if a man or a woman wants to check out these traditions, they're man-made traditions. I'm sorry I don't have the scripture at, on hand that says do not be following man-made traditions. If Janine was here, she'd type it up and pull it up just within a, within a couple of seconds. I might come across it yet before the evening's out, but it says do not be following man-made traditions. Okay? And we know these are man-made traditions because you think, what has Santa Claus got to do with uh, Jesus Christ's birth? Okay? Now, with Easter, Easter is supposed to be the the time period when Jesus Christ was resurrected. So what does Easter bunnies and fertility and chocolate eggs and all that have to do with Jesus Christ's resurrection? Uh, What other traditions do they have out there? Um, The Bible says that they they take their doctrines and they turn them into man-made traditions and they try to make them holy. They try to make their traditions holy. So they've got traditions of Santa Claus and, and Easter bunnies and, and all these things, but they try and say, oh, well, Santa Claus has got to do with Jesus Christ's birth. Yeah, well, where in the Bible does it say anything about Santa Claus? Or where in the Bible does it say anything about Easter bunnies having anything to do with Jesus Christ's resurrection? You know, so these traditions of men, um, we can be set free from them also. Birthdays. There's another one. Birthdays. Um, all these days, you know, Grandfather's Day, Mother's Day, um, Father's Day, all these traditions are man-made. And nowhere in the Bible has, has God or Jesus said to do these things. Um, so we can be set free from these these traditions, you know. You know, things like uh, singing O Canada, you know, politics. Okay, we can get into politics. We are to be no part of the world. We want to be free from the world 
and, and their teachings and their doctrines and their empty deceptions. Okay? All these things have nothing to do with God. All these things will not bring us any closer to God. If anything, it pulls us away from him more because it brings on selfishness. It brings on greediness. It it brings, uh, uh, in the political area, it brings in violence. You know, even sometimes these other traditions do too. But with the, the political, you know, we know that brings on a lot of violence. You know, war. We should not go to war because God says we are not to kill. God says we are to love, you know. And and uh, there were there were wars in the Bible times and things like that. But <clears throat> after Jesus' time, after Jesus came, okay, things changed. There there were there were no there were not going to be any wars of God. You know, no large wars like there were back then. Um, that's another subject in itself, you know, the wars back in the Old Testament and and why and then purposes and the reasons. There's many, many different um, different times and periods where God stepped in and destroyed specific places and men and women. You know, as we know, you know, crossing the Red Sea, Noah's Ark. So, um, but anyway, at this time, we are not to go to war. You know, because if we go to war, it's not a godly war. So it's a war for our, the, the, these governments. I was going to say our government, pardon me. Our government is going to be God's government, God's kingdom. It's going to be that. You know, when someone asks me if I vote, and I say I vote for God's kingdom. No, I don't vote. I, I've never voted. Um, I hadn't studied religion or God when I was young, but I never knew who to, who to vote for anyway, so I never bothered voting. And then when I started studying the Bible, I thought, no, he's voting for anybody because they can't change the world, and they shouldn't be here. <laughs> you know, if everybody was living in Kamala, right, there, there would be no need for these governments. But um, anyway, traditions of the world and false teachings, you know, false teachings, like I said, about Santa Claus and Easter bunnies and and all those kind of things. Um, There is mention of two birthdays in the Bible, and I don't know whether I wrote them down. No, I don't see them here. But like I say, if our friend Janine was here, she'd find them in a second. Anyway, if you remember the story about John the Baptizer, John John the Baptizer was the man that was telling people, before Jesus came, he said, there comes a man that is greater than I. And he says, Bap- get, get baptized. You know, um, Contract basically with God. Get baptized and be saved. Make a contract with God is what a baptism is. And uh, then you change your life over and you decide to live for God. That's baptisms like a um, a public declaration showing God and Jesus and man that you've changed your life. You're changing your life. Okay, you're you're. So that's what John the Baptizer did anyway, obviously. And there was a birthday party. See, they imprisoned John at one at one point. When she, after Jesus came, they imprisoned John because they hated John, they hated Jesus. 
they got John. And during a birthday party, this is the story in the Bible, during a birthday party, this young woman danced for a king. And the king was so pleased with her dancing. He said, what can I give you? Anything that's in my castle, my throne, or whatever, he says, I will give you. So this young girl went over to her mother and says, Mother, what, what, sh- what should I ask for? And the mother was wicked. She hated John the baptizer. She said, ask for John the baptizer's head on a platter. And the the king was grieved because he knew John the baptizer really wasn't a criminal, didn't do any harm, but he had no choice. So they beheaded John the baptizer and brought John's head out to this mother and to this woman because he had promised to give her anything that she wanted because so he loved her dancing. So that was the story of a birthday in the Bible. And then there's another birthday in the Bible also, and it had something to do with some bakers or some cooks, but I can't remember the exact story. I was looking at it just briefly, and an, another man was killed during a birthday party. So there's only two two uh, two stories about birthdays in the Bible. So celebrating our birthdays is 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 not something that God has and Jesus has encouraged us to do. Um, there is a scripture somewhere that says, it is not your birth that you should be concerned about. It is your death that you should be concerned about. What you've done with your life. Okay? So, not birthdays, you know, not every year, birthdays, celebrating, you know, your birthdays and stuff like that. It's your death that you should be concerned about. Where you've been during your, your life. Have you pleased God, you know? Um, you know, what roads, you know, what directions have you taken? So these traditions uh, lead us astray. And that's what uh, this world is designed by Satan to do, is to lead us astray from God so that we, we do not know the truth about him. Okay? So nowhere in the Bible did you ever hear Jesus or his disciples talking about celebrating birthdays. Now, weddings, weddings are a different story, okay? Uh, Weddings, marriage originated with God. And when any marriages that went on in the Bible, there were big celebrations because it was a glorious thing. It was was, uh, the, the creation from God for a man and woman to be married. So it it was something that was pleasing to God. That is a tradition that is pleasing to God. And giving birth, having babies. Remember the story about um, when Mary and Joseph had Jesus? Well, the wise men came for miles, came for miles to see this baby. And they brought them gifts. So having baby showers... And, and, and rejoicing about, about birth was uh, was okay in the Bible, in God's eyes, because God actually helped the wise men find Jesus. 
you find a Mary, you find Joseph. So they um he he lured them there and they brought gifts and tidings and probably food and who's who knows what, but it was a wonderful celebration to to give birth to a child, especially Jesus. So there was no harm in that. But to celebrate, you, you never hear of Jesus celebrating his birthday every year after year after year after year. And, and weddings, like I say, weddings are uh, condoned. Weddings are okay in, in in the Bible. So that's just something that we can we can think about being free from is all these traditions, like when people are celebrating Christmas and uh, all these kind of traditions. We don't have to. You know, we were led to believe that we were the oddball, you know, if we weren't doing it. And and we don't have to. You know, and if we want to please God, we definitely won't. Because these, what they call pagan, pagan holidays, all boils back to false religion. They all have a reason. And a, I, I believe all of them boil back to, to religion. Okay? And if you want to check out individual ones yourself, uh, please do that, and you'll see. I haven't studied them a lot, but I've studied them enough to 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 know that they boil down to religion. For me to sit and say, okay, how did uh, Christmas start, and how did um, Easter start, or Mother's Day or Father's Day or all these, um, I couldn't tell you because it's something that I'm not interested in studying because I've read enough about it that that I believe, you know, that they are not something that God wants us to participate in. So I, I'll use my energy, you know, elsewhere. I know what I know, and I know that's all I need to know, and I'm convinced. So you, this is why I'm saying, everyone, you know, like, do your own research to, you know, to convince or not convince yourself of whatever you need to know. Okay, so that's a little bit on being free from the traditions of men and false teachings of men. Excuse me. Um, I have a scripture here that I felt was important. To be no part of the world again. Okay, we talked about that a little bit. But being no part of the world. Like we have to live in the world, we have to do some things, you know, but... He, this is specific when when Jesus said, "Be no part of the world, just as I am no part of the world," and that's in James four and four. I'm going to type that in. Maybe James four verse four. James chapter four verse four. Can't find them. Are you James?
near the end of the Bible. Peter, back in the end of the Bible. Peter, back there. Peter, First John. Little books, little books in the back of the Bible just before Revelations. James 4 and 4. Um, adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world is constituting himself as an enemy of God. Okay, I'm just looking around here to see if there's anything else I want to add to that. Okay, the main point is being friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whoever wants to be a friend of the world is constituting himself as an enemy of God. Okay, we could we could use that example as, okay, if we wanted to continue to celebrate Christmas, okay, or Easter, or okay, we're being a friend of the world. Once we know these things, once we learn these things, once we learn God's laws, you know, we can be free from these. We don't have to do these anymore because we know that it's not expected of us, especially from God. Okay? And it is crucial that we we don't do these things. So, and this is what learning about God is all about. The more we learn, the freer we get. Because we realize that this world is, is, is only temporarily. The desires, there's the scripture that says, the desires of this world are passing away. All the desires of this world are passing away. And the scripture says, this is not the life. This is not the life. This is totally a, a totally different world than than what God had planned. Okay, He's allowed it to go this way, as we know, for specific reasons, because man wanted to do his own thing. But it's coming to a climax. It's going to end. Okay, So anything in this world, you know, besides love and anything that God's teaching, almost anything outside of God is not right. At least I can't think of anything. Like I mean, you know, people can do sports and play and have fun, and there's, you know, there's there's things, but you know, to do with with government, the education system, you know, for our children, um, this is not the the way God wants our children to be educated. You know, to learn to go to war, to learn to salute the government, you know, and not to pray to God. You know, this whole system is is. Um, is not praising God. Okay, so anyone, you know, we have to pull out of this system as much as we can, even though, you know, it's it's not easy and it's hard sometimes, you know, but God makes it easier for us. The more we learn 
um, the easier it is. And the more we practice like anything else, the easier it becomes. And we get stronger. You know, it's just like in common law. You know, we the more we practice and the more we do it, the better we get at it and the more confident we get. And, um, and, and we have God's help. We have God's spirit. Like, we couldn't have a better bodyguard. You know, we couldn't have a better God. We couldn't have a better father. He's there for us. We just have to really, really depend on him and rely on him and draw close to him. You know, and he, and like I said, there was a scripture I was looking for that says draw close to God and he will draw close to you. And anything God says, we can depend on. Because he doesn't lie, right? I'm, I'm going to look for that scripture again. Yeah. And here it is. Wow. Right where we are here in James. Okay, we got James 4 and 4. And just a little further on down in James 4 and 8. I want to put that one in too. Because that's the one we were talking about. Chapter 4. Verse 4. This is where men and women can look it up and see it for themselves. Just in 7, I'm going to read from 7 though. Subject yourself therefore to God, but oppose the devil and he will flee from you. Number 8 says, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you indecisive ones. Give way to misery and mourn and weep, and let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into dejection. Humble yourselves in the eyes of Jehovah, and he will exalt you. So this is kind of why he was saying um, give way to misery and mourn and weep and let your laughter turn into mourning and your joy into dejection. So if if you are crying about the way things are and you are mourning about the way things are and you are sad about the way things are you can turn that into joy because we know that God's going to, to do something about it. So he, in, in other words, he's saying, hate what is bad, you sinners. Hate what is bad and turn to God. Draw close to him and he'll draw close to you. And anything he says is, is the truth. Because, like I said, he cannot lie. Okay, so I was chatting about being, yeah, being no part of the world in James. Um, Walking with God's Spirit. um, And our personality. Um, We... uh, We need to strip off our old personality 
and become the best that we can become. We need to try to change and get to know ourselves by allowing God to teach us, you know, how we can be the best that we can be in in our talents, in our love, in our compassion. We all have different traits. And um, what we want to do is try to make, make these, these wonderful traits grow. And by walking with God in spirit and stripping off the old personality and allowing him to use his spirit to help us to grow. It's a combination that can only get better. I'm making any sense. So I'm just going to talking about personality here. I'm going to put in the scripture here in Ephesians. And this is where I'm kind of getting into the nitty gritty here, but like how how can we um, benefit from God's laws? Okay. So in Ephesians. Actually, I'm going to read uh, from from number one. Therefore, become imitators of God as beloved children and go on walking in love just as the Christ also loved you and delivered himself up for you as an offering and as a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling odor. Let fornication and uncleanness of every sort or greediness not even be mentioned among you, just as it befits holy people. Neither shameful conduct, nor foolish talk, nor obscene gestures, things which are not becoming, but rather the giving of thanks. Okay, um, I'm going to back up to, I made a mistake, that that's a wonderful scriptures there, you know, what not to do, but when we're talking about the new personality here, I have to back up a little bit, I made a, I didn't write something down, but I'm just going to back up in chapter 4, verse 22, It says that you should put away the old personality which conforms to your former course of conduct and which is being corrupted according to his deceptive desires. 
former course is corrupted okay, according to deceptive desires. Deceptive desires, you know, like desires that, you know, are really wrong. <clears throat> We're being deceived into believing that, oh, we need this, we want this, we want that. We're really not thinking straight. We're not, we're not thinking on God's line, so we really don't know what we want, where we're going, what's best for us. So it's, it's deceptive desires, but that you should be made new in the force of actuating your mind and should put on a new personality which was created according to God's will in true righteousness and loyalty. Okay, I'm going to read that one more time. It helps me too, because it just every time you turn around, you read something, uh, a word pops out that just helps you get the sense of things more, and it does the same thing for me. Okay, so we're talking about stripping off the old personality and putting on a new personality, okay? But not a false one, okay? We, we right now have a false personality because we're being misled. We're being trained, we're being pushed, we're being deceived, we, this is not our real personality because we're living in this sinful world that is, is knocking us around and making our personality for us, okay? A lot of us didn't want to grow up to be whatever we are. You know, we did not want to do these things. Some people don't want to grow up to be alcoholics. Some people don't want to grow up to be drug dealers. Uh, or fornicators or whatever. But these are some of the things that we were, some of us were. And so, anyway, um, here's what it says again, that you should put away the old personality which conforms to your former course of conduct and which is being corrupted according to his deceptive desires but that you should be made new in the force actuating your mind and should put on a new personality which was created according to God's will in true righteousness and loyalty. So by learning about all these things from God, we are set free from all these deceptive desires. Like, you know, to to have a new car, a new home, um, you know, the, the newest this, the newest that. This is what the world's tricking us into believing that that's what's going to make us happy. But it's not going to, it's not what makes us happy. It's a false happiness. You know, even the, the, the ones that are rich and they, they, they some are so, so rich that they will never see God because they are happy in their own minds and their own hearts. They're content. They, I've, I've even spoke with people. I've even spoke with men and women and say, I'm, I'm, I have no interest in God because I'm happy. Now, this this man thought that everybody that had that was unhappy was the only ones that needed to see God. Well, I know there's a lot of people with with money that are happy also that believe in God too. But money is it, it is really an obstacle um, because there's a scripture in the Bible that says um, it is easier for a camel 
to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to inherit the kingdom of God. So they will have great difficulty, ones that have money and feel or think or or are happy because they, they're having their glory now, as the Bible says. They're having their, their glory now. You know, the ones that, you know, entertainers that are, you know, stars, movie stars and, and all them, they're having their glory now. They're having their fun, their their happiness. They're having their happiness now. They, they have no interest in... Uh, you know, what God holds in store. They're having it now, and that's all they care about, and that's all they want. And uh, I guess that's why they're blinded. You know, they're either blinded for money or for fame or or whatever, you know. And like I said, that's why Jesus went to a lot of the, the lowly ones. He says, we are to be lowly. We are to be lowly and mild-tempered and meek. This is the type of men and women that he wants because that's the type of man that he is. You know, lowly, loving, mild-tempered, and unselfish. Um, You know? So, I'll get back to that we need to, like I say, strip off our old personalities and, and learn from God how to put on our new personality of the real us the real the real the real man the real woman and that God created and 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 we can become the best that we can be and really get to know ourselves in God's likeness and which is lovely because it's love um, you know, and everything else that branches out from love is beautiful. And we will inherit what uh, what God has promised for us. Uh, not that we've deserved it, not that we've earned it, because the only destin- destiny that we had is death, forever death, until he sent his son, Jesus, and... Um, gave him as a ransom to save us, give us the opportunity to uh, to be able to get to know him and have an opportunity to, to live on the earth. And, um, you know, finally, there will be no doubt in anyone, anyone's mind. Satan will be destroyed and um, all the spirits in, in that realm will know that they will have no doubt that no, we we do not we do not go against God because it will not work. It cannot work. It cannot work going against God, and we can we all know that now, and the angels in the heavens all know that now. So there'll be no doubt in anybody's mind that uh, the happiest way and the only way is is God's way. And it is all love. You know, I've heard some uh, men and women say, oh, well, it can't be free will if we can't do what we want. <laughs> it's not free will when we got laws. Hello, bug size. 
Thanks for dropping in, sweetie. I didn't know how long you were there, but thanks for dropping in. So a lot of men and women, we're just talking about the benefits of God's laws. Bug size, that's the the subject I got thinking about tonight. So we were just talking, I was just saying that um, I've spoke with men and women that, that have said, well, you know, God's no better than, than any other government because we don't have free will. We've got all these laws that we're supposed to follow, all these these things that he expects us to do, and and uh, that's not freedom. But when we, when we look into the Bible and we find out what all God's laws are, it's all to benefit ourselves. It's all for our own good. And that's what love's all about. When when you think about love, love is the greatest of them all, right? Love is, there's hope and there's faith and uh, the fruits of the Spirit. I'm, there's there's something I, I think I wrote down. Here's some things that we can concentrate on uh, are some benefits um, of God's laws, and it's called the fruits of the spirits, the fruits of the spirit. And remember, we were just talking about stripping off the old personality and putting on a new personality, okay? So this this is what will help us to think, okay, how do I strip off my old personality? What do I replace it with, okay? Um, in Galatians... Um, if I get my writing proper here, I think it's Galatians 5 and 16, if I've got the right scripture. Write that in. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Now I have to find it. Close to Ephesians, the ones that we were just reading. Can you hear me or am I mumbling? Am I too soft? I'm getting quite relaxed. Okay, fruits of the Spirit. Okay, fruitage of the Spirit. That's in Galatians 5 and, um, yeah, 16... We could start at uh, okay, fruits of the spirit, like I said a little bit earlier, we want to walk by God's spirit, okay, you know, um, so this is what this is talking about fruits of the spirit, but I say to you, keep walking by spirit. And you will carry out no fleshly desire at all. Okay. The flesh is against the spirit in its desire. Okay, now desire. Remember this word desire. That that's 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 the, the thing that we got to keep in mind here. Every time we have a desire, okay, that's where the sin is. Like not all desires are sinful. But that's where the sinful desires come in. Keep on walking by spirit and you carry out no fleshly desire at all. For 
the flesh is against the spirit in its desire and the spirit against the flesh. For these are opposite to each other so that the very things that you would like to do, you do not. Furthermore, if you are led by spirit, you are not under law. So remember what I just said, that men and women think, oh, well, God's not, you know, given us freedom of will and, and, you know, he's got this law and that law and all this kind of stuff. But right here it's saying, if you are led by the Spirit and you follow the Spirit and these fruits of the Spirit, um, you are not under law. You, you, You are following your heart. And your heart is 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 guided by God's God's laws, so you are not really under a law. Am I making sense? Okay, I'm just going to read on a little bit more here. <clears throat> this is from the Bible, and I'm in chapter 19. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. Okay. And they are fornication, uncleanness, loose conduct, idolatry, practice of spiritism, enmities, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, contentions, divisions, sects, S-E-C-T-S, you know, like false religion, envies, drunken, drunken bouts, divisions, Um, I said that, rivalries and things like these. As to these things, I am forewarning you the same way as I did forewarn you. Those who practice such things will not inherit God's kingdom. Excuse me. So so these are works of the flesh, okay? Like like the Bible says, we've got to fight against the spirit, or the, 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 not the spirit, the flesh and the spirit are opposed to each other, okay? This is why it says, said in here that the things that you want to do that you can't. See, the spirit is eager, but the flesh is weak. So this is where, as I'm going to read on a little further down, on the other hand, here's, here's the fruitage of the spirit. I feel like my voice is going, friends, I'm sorry. I'm going to have a drink of tea. So here's how we can protect ourselves here um, by learning the fruits of the Spirit, okay? Here's the benefits, the benefit, and here's the benefit of God's laws. And here's, you know, if you want to call them laws, here's, here's the laws. On the other hand, the fruitage of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faith, mildness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
belonging to Christ Jesus impaled the flesh together with its passions and its desires. So Christ impaled these these passions and desires so that we can be forgiven of, of them like the the uncleanness, the loose conduct, the practices of spiritism and all that kind of all that kind of stuff that we know is bad. So the fruits of the spirit, that that, that that's a nice one to remember. You know, because if we can keep those in mind in uh, Galatians 5 and 22, um, like it says here, against these things there is no law. Okay, if we can continue to do all these things and work hard on that, okay, that way we are being led by the Spirit. We are not under law. So the the again trying to think of the benefits of following God's laws. These are some of the <clears throat> the benefits that we can learn. You know, um, we can read a lot of books about how to love, and you know, I, I've read a lot of books about love and and how to love, and and some you know, can be really, really twisted, you know, to be honest. Um, you know, like I've read books, things like, um, like say a married couple, you know, it's good to go out and have twosomes or threesomes or whatever, you know, and things like that, you know, to to spruce up your marriage, you know, and you'll love each other more, you know. Like so, the definitions in the world of love and in kindness and things like that are, are totally different than the definitions in the Bible of, of what love is. And uh, so, who who do, who can you trust? You know, and this is why by studying God's laws, you know, um, if we have God's heart condition or or the right heart condition where God sees favor in us, he will open up our eyes to be able to understand his words, okay? Because not everyone can understand the Bible because he has sacred secrets in there. He has secrets only for specific ones because everybody will not understand and all they will do is will twist it. Even though, uh, you know, a lot of it's twisted now with all, all different types of religions, but we we can we can trust that if we really heart heartfelt um, you know want to learn about God and and His purpose, He will open our eyes to see the truth in the Bible. And, and like I said, the truth will set us free from a lot of anxieties in this system, in this world. And um, the, the the this is the benefit of of studying God's laws. Um, it's just amazing what you what you can see, you know. Your eyes, you know, you're opened. It's it's just amazing. It's like when you're looking outside, you know, and and you're looking up into the heavens, and you're looking up into the clouds, and 
you know, if we had not seen the universe, you know, we would really not know what the universe looks like, right? But since we have seen the universe and, and we look outside, and even on a cloudy day, I'm, I'm looking outside my window right now and it's a cloudy day, I can still picture the universe, you know, pictures of it, things that, that, that we've seen. And with God, um, when we, we study the Bible, we can also see past those clouds. We can see what the future's going to hold, you know, what the future's going to be here on the earth, you know, in, in total exquisite delight, peace. The scripture that we had read earlier, you know, you will find exquisite delight in the abundance of peace, way beyond what we can comprehend. So, the again, you know, the, this is these these are the benefits of studying. You know that we can see beyond and we can see the truth, and the truth sets us free uh, from all these anxieties. Okay, let me see if uh, I'm just looking at the time. It's nine thirty. I have to work tomorrow. Um, I'm just looking here at some other points that I managed to pick up about. Uh, Unbelievers, I I had a, a little point here about uh, unbelievers, and the Bible does talk about do not be unevenly yoked with unbelievers, um, because they actually, you know, basically can lead us astray. Um, they're not encouraging. The Bible talks about walking with the wise, you know, and you will become wise. So um, maybe I'll, uh, <laughs> in Matthew 15 and 14, uh, the Bible talks about the blind leading the blind, you know. But I'm going to look up something, uh, scripture here, that in Proverbs there's a couple of them that talks about walking with the wise. In Proverbs 19 and 20, better type that in. Proverbs 19, verse 20. And um, actually, I have written down here. Also, Proverbs chapter 13, verses 10 and 20. I'll just get that typed in there and I'll, I'll look Proverbs up here. with the wise. Something like you will become wise. I think my brain's uh, slowing down. 
love Proverbs because I just got to Proverbs 12 here, and then it says, wise use of tongue. That's not even where I was going, but I love reading Proverbs because it's just like sayings, you know, and it's so easy to read. If you ever get bored, sit down and read, go through Proverbs. It's just little sayings here and there, you know, easy to pick up and and uh, it's not not like long stories and things like that that you have to really dig in deep. But uh, now this this one here, Proverbs nineteen and twenty. I was actually kind of um, also thinking about family life, where it was um, in the Bible. It also teaches um, us, you know, husbands and wives how to communicate, um, how to love each other, how to render each other their due sex, um, how to talk about money, um, sitting down and discussing the man being the head of the family and the wife deeply respecting his his role. You know, and you don't see too much of that anymore. You know, um, but this also this verse here that I'm looking up, these verses here in Proverbs, uh, had a little bit to do with husbands and wives and family too. So this one here that I'm going to read actually um, was talking about a son and to you know chastising your son. So this one in 19 is talking about children. Like if you want to you know if your children were going to learn about God and you were going to teach them about God, this one scripture here says. Listen to counsel and accept discipline in order that you may become wise in your future. Listen to counsel and accept discipline in order that you may become wise in your future. And this is the discipline that God gives us in the Bible also, you know. And he's trying to make us wise like him. And the more we read, the more we understand, the more we learn, the more our eyes get opened. So I'm going to flip back to Proverbs 13, talking about wise still. Verse 10 and 20. Walking with wise ones. Uh, I just want to look it over here. It's been a while since I looked at it. I don't want to read the whole thing if it's not going to pertain to exactly what we're talking about. Oh, it talks about debtors, the law of the wise ones. Um, Proverbs chapter 13 talks a lot about wise, um, the lazy man, um, everyone being shrewd that will act with knowledge, but that is a stupid one. talks about stupid people, foolish people. Okay, down in verse 20, it says, He that is walking with wise persons will become wise. 
but he that is having dealings with stupid ones will fare badly. So, best wisdom that we're going to get is from the Bible. You know, like there's a lot of other, yeah, there's a lot of great information out, you know, that men and women um, that sincerely teach, you know, but our best information is going to be from the Bible because we'll get the real truths. I'm just looking at my paper here and thinking. Benefits from the Bible. Yeah, I I read a little bit about uh, families, husbands, wives, children. Um, Yeah, it, it talks about husbands to be loving their wives just as they love their own body because, uh, you know, a man would never harm his own body and for the wives to be in subjection to the husbands. These are all benefits, you know, benefits of the Bible. The Bible, you know, tells you about, you know, when you're um, going to build and when you're planning to build a home. Do you not sit down and, and first calculate the, the expenses, which we all do. We all know that kind of stuff. But, I mean, it just, like I say, everything's in there. All the guidance that we need is in here. God put everything in here knowing that we're living in a sinful world and how we have to deal with things. And, it, and it's all here. You know, everything's here to lead us through this stage in life, to lead us through this system in order to get into God's new system. You know, he's showing us how to get there and the best way. And like I, I said in the, in the first scripture that we had read, um, in Isaiah forty-eight seventeen, that God is teaching us these things only to benefit ourselves. And that the truth will set us free from the anxieties and and the lawlessness, you know, of this system. Um, uh, since we're talking about discipline and. Uh, Discipline, a lot of times we, we you know, a lot of people don't like discipline. Even in the Bible it says that discipline at first seems grievous, but the end result is righteousness. As we know that when we're, when we're trying to teach somebody something, you know, that maybe a young person, a young man or woman is something we're trying to teach them, and they, they don't want to listen to us, but what, what we're trying to teach them is is how to do things right, how to do it properly and, and not, you know, harm themselves or, you know, not have to learn the, the hard way. And uh, even Jesus learned obedience. This is a great one for the Trinity. A lot of uh, men and women feel that God and Jesus are the same same entity. And this is a, a one that... I thought was a good one to to show that God is God and Jesus is Jesus. But anyway, here I go getting off 
getting sidetracked again. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8, I'll read this, that Jesus learned obedience. Okay, this is cool. Hebrews 5 and 8. Even showing that the Jesus, that Jesus and the angels, and we will always continue to learn, even as Jesus is doing, and and the angels are doing, and since we're going to have the opportunity to live here on the earth forever, we will always be learning. And even though Jesus was perfect. He still learned obedience. Hebrews 5 and 8. I'm just I'm just skimming over here again. Sorry, friends. In the days of his flesh, Christ offered up supplications and also petitions to the one whom was able to save him out of death with strong outcries and tears, and he was favorably heard for his godly fear. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. And after he had been made perfect, he became responsible for everlasting salvation to all those obeying him. When I read that, I thought, Jesus learned obedience? I'm going to read that again, if you don't mind, friends, because I thought that was really, really interesting. In the days of his flesh, Christ offered up supplications and also petitions to the one who was able to save him out of death. The strong outcries and tears, and he was favorably heard, favorably heard for his godly fear. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. And after he had been made perfect, he became responsible for everlasting salvation to all those obeying him. So, this is the type of discipline that we want to learn from God because it's a righteous discipline and it will benefit us and it will give us life. And this is exactly the, like it's saying here, that Jesus did Jesus. He was obedient. And he he learned obedience through everything he did. You know, he learned to, 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 to actually die for us. Because he had never done that before. You know, he never died for, for mankind, for anybody. You know, he was a spirit being came to the earth here, went through these, uh, he went through tests, Satan tested him, and, and, and he did it, he managed it, like, he, he could have, he had the freedom of choice also, just like Adam and Eve, and he could have said, no, I, 
I think I I would like to marry one of these women here and and maybe have a family. And that would have changed God's whole plan again. He would have allowed Jesus to do it because Jesus chose to do it. But the whole outcome might have been different. You know, but Jesus followed through all the way. And he sacrificed himself in order to save us from from our curse, I call it, um, that we can have an opportunity to have everlasting life because we were doomed to death. And Jesus did this for us. He ransomed himself to buy us back from the sin that Adam and Eve had done. And uh, I just thought that was really, uh, really beautiful that uh, Jesus even learns uh, obedience from God. Um, I just come across that and thought that was something, something that uh, you know I would have, I wanted to share with you. Um, a few more, just a few more things, my friends, and. If if uh, these are still with me, I hope. Um, solid food and milk, and this is the benefits from the Bible: learning, getting the milk of the Word, and the solid food of the Word. Okay. Um, I just teach a lot of the basics, I believe. And I go over them a lot because we get n- new friends coming in. And I don't want to make it too deep. I want it to be interesting. And I want to be it to be easy to understand. So I don't get into too much of the meat of the word. But anyway, I just wanted to show you the scripture here in Hebrews. Chapter 5, verse 14. A few pages. just um, of course skimming the scriptures here sorry friends I just don't know how much to read. I don't want to bore you to death, and I, I, I want to make sure I give you enough information, too. But anyway, let me just run this by here. And 14. But solid food belongs to mature people, to those who through use have their perceptive powers trained to distinguish both right and wrong. So... Just before that, it was talking about uh, um, men and women learning the elementary things, you know, th- that they 
it, the elementary things are like milk, not solid food. For everyone that partakes of milk is unacquainted with the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. So there is so much to learn that the Bible says solid food belongs to mature people. Okay, they are not ready, uh, you know, uh, babes as we are. Um, there's there's so much elementary things that we we need to learn, and instead of trying getting getting into the meat of things, you know, and because we just can't get there, you know, we just like in if we wanted to start reading in Daniel or in Revelations, which is very symbolic. Um, we need to to learn the basics first, you know, because we'll never understand um, other things, and that that's where it takes prayer and study, and learning from others, and um, and we we will get more mature, you know. So it's it's not like uh, reading the Bible is just a process where. We just learn learn a few things, and um, then we're going to be saved. It's a continuous thing, you know. And um, the more that we learn, the the stronger we get. Then the more our eyes will be opened, um, and the more joy we're going to have. That we'll be so excited, and and the strong it keeps us strong too by continuing. Uh, keeps us strong because Satan's throwing missiles at us all the time. The world is throwing missiles at us all the time, and we do not want to give up on God. We do not want to give up on God or we lose our life. You know, we have some wonderful things to look forward to, and and by following God's laws, He will lead us. He will lead us. Just learning about God's laws in the Bible and doing what we can as we learn, you know, doing the best that we can as we learn, because we're not going to change overnight. You know, um, it's it's going to take us a long time to reach a perfected state, and we are still going to continue to learn, you know, even after the after Armageddon comes, and and uh, we look forward to walking into this new system, and it's going to be a whole new um, a whole new system, a whole whole new rules, whole new. Um, scrolls, you know, it's it's going to be total peace. It, we, we, I, I, you know, we, we can hardly comprehend exactly how it's going to be when we, we wake up one morning and we're going to have animals walking around that are not going to harm us. You know, it's going to be beautiful. Um, these are the benefits. These are the things that we have to keep in mind, you know. Keep your eyes on the prize. Um, so solid milk or solid food and milk you can tell I'm getting tired friends because my mind's starting to mess up here um, conscience I just wanted to read one little scripture here on conscience and remember these these are the benefits okay these are the benefits to studying God's words okay I just got one scripture here on conscience, and that's in First Peter. Oh, I didn't even put the last scriptures in. See, I, I'm really getting brain dead. 
pardon me, put Hebrews 5 and 8 in there, and then I put another Hebrews. Hebrews 5 and 8, and then Hebrews 5. Sorry, that was for the last one. Like I say, I'm really getting, uh, my brain's starting to get tired. Conscience. I just wanted to, like I said, read one scripture on conscience that I thought was important. First Peter chapter 3, verse 16. a good conscience so that in the particular in which you are spoken against they may get ashamed who are speaking slightly of your good conduct in connection with Christ let me read that again hold a good conscience so that in the particular in which you are being spoken of against they may get ashamed, you who are speaking slightly of your good contact, good connection, conduct in connection with Christ. Not even reading well. So hold a good conscience so that when people go speaking badly against us, um, we have a good conscience in connection with Christ. I just looking at the board, Janine. Watch your words. You are not brain dead. <coughs> Thank you, sister. No, my eyes are getting tired, and they're starting to squint, and I'm, I'm squinting. I'm looking at the... I've got my glasses for reading, but I'm squinting to look at the uh, chat board. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's almost time to go cuddle up with my teddy bear. <laughs> Um, uh, faith. I've only got a, three more little topics that I really wanted to cover. And uh, faith, okay? We talked a little bit about conscience. So this is a benefit of, of studying God's laws, too. We get a good conscience. You know, we can we can stand up to men, to men and women, and we do not fear men and women. We can stand up, and we have a good conscience, you know, some things we don't. You know, we all make mistakes. We all do things wrong. And your conscience will drive you crazy. But a lot of things, you know, when we start studying God's word and we start, you know, abiding by what he knows is best for us, we feel good about ourselves. That's 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 the point I'm trying to get across. We have a good conscience. And when someone wants to talk to us about the Bible and they criticize us and put us down, you know, we can be happy. Like the Bible says, be happy when people criticize you. Be happy when they prosecute you. Because we know. 
we know that we're finding favor in God's eyes. It doesn't matter what, what man or woman, you know, says or puts us down. So so the next one here, I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about faith. And this is, of course, they're all important. <laughs> in Hebrew, I'll type that in, having faith. That's a good one. That, that's a toughie sometimes, too. But this is a, a good one on faith. Okay. See, that was Peter. That was the last one. That was the one that we were talking about, conscience. Okay. Here. Faith. Chapter 11. And I've got here verse 1, verse 3, and verse 6. Because if you want to read about faith, you can read that whole chapter because that describes how many, many, many men and women in the Bible did a lot of things by faith in God. Now, a lot of things we do, we really got to have faith, you know. And faith, you can't see faith, you know. Like, I'm going to find that scripture and I'm going to read what the definition of faith means. Okay. In Hebrew, chapter 11. How can we have faith? Okay. I'm going to read this one a couple of times. Because I still read it myself, you know, in order... Like not that I want to memorize it, but I I want to um, really totally understand it and comprehend it. Okay, I think I kind of understand it, but you know you just don't totally have every little piece together. Okay, so I'm going to read it a couple of times. Definition of faith. Okay, faith is the assured expectations of things hoped for and the evident demonstration of realities though not beheld. I don't know if you picked that up any quicker than I do, but I'm going to read it again. (laughs) Faith is the assured expectations of the things hoped for. So assured expectations of things hoped for. So we're assured and we expect it of the things hoped for. So we believe and we trust in God because we're assured of it. We expect it and, and we're hoping for it. So that's faith. Okay? And then it says, the evident demonstration of realities. The evident demonstration of realities, though not beheld. I still have trouble with that. The evident demonstrations of realities. Like, I believe it's like, okay, we we can see the world. We can see men and women have been created, okay? To me, that's 
That's the evident demonstration of realities. We can see, you know, that part of it. But but the rest of it is, is not beheld, like the future. Excuse me for one second. So anybody can define that better than me, please do, okay? Because I am having trouble with that. I kind of have this the, the the sense of it. Even though we cannot behold, we cannot totally um, like we know we know that there's a God, of course, and we we can't see Him, but we have to you know, believe and trust because of the things that we have seen. And that we have felt, you know, through trusting him. That, um, obviously, it's a tough one to explain. (laughs) But I thought it was very, very important. But the whole, that whole chapter in, in, uh, verse 11, or chapter 11, talks about uh, these men and women. Everyone here, I think, remembers the story about um, the Red Sea. When Moses um, helped the Egyptians, or the Israelites, get out of Egypt, and they were going to cross the Red Sea, they really didn't know how they were going to do this. You know, they really didn't know how God was going to get them out of this situation because they were there at the Red Sea and there was, um, you know, the Pharaoh coming after them. And they thought they were doomed. But they had to have total faith. So these were the things hoped for, but yet they, they couldn't really see what was going to what was really going to happen but they just had they had they had to have total faith and believe you know that that God would get them out of this situation I'm just trying to think of another in in this in this chapter 2 it says that there's there's other people and or other men and women back in that time that had to have total faith and it tells different stories in there how they had to have faith and how these things actually happened so the what what I'm getting at in trying to stick to the theme of this talk is is um the benefits of God's law that we can have faith that he is going to step in that he is going to do something He will not allow man to destroy himself and that we do have a wonderful future to look forward to and and right now is the time for us to be um, learning about him and growing strong because things are going to get worse you know and we have to be strong we have to have faith you know we have to believe and trust that he is going to do what he says he's going to do in the Bible. 
But these are the benefits of, of, of trusting God's laws, the laws that we need to follow now by not getting involved in the world affairs. You know, even like many people will get into um, uh, all these petitions and these these um, uh, what's these things called that they they take off and they they'll go to Toronto or something and they'll petition this and they'll petition that and and these are all political affairs and these are things that Satan keeps us busy. You know, where we think we're going to be able to save the world. You know, we can be tree huggers or. Uh, whatever, you know, and, and just get totally involved in the world and the world affairs. And, and and it's useless. It's useless because this system and this desire is going down. So, by believing in God's laws and trusting in them, and I know I'm repeating myself, but I'm just trying to get this, this theme across, that the benefits of studying the Bible are um, outweigh following this world because this, this, this isn't going to take us anywhere, you know, even if uh, even if the world was to go on for another 50 years, which, you know, I don't believe it is because of what the Bible says. Bible even tells us, you know, the generation when the end of this system will come. It doesn't tell us the day or the hour. But um, uh, we can see, you know, we can see that this, this world is, is, is in big trouble. And if God doesn't step in, then we will destroy ourselves. So by studying the Bible, it sets us free from the anxieties of the world. And and even while we're in the world and the things that we have to deal with, he will help us through it. Because we study the Bible, he teaches us how to, even dealing with laws, you know, even dealing with the government. There's um, there's, there's lots of scriptures talking about the governments. We're supposed to obey them, you know, according to God. As long as it's according to God. We don't obey them when, he, when the, the government comes after us and says, okay, you have to go to war. You are being drafted to go over to wherever, and and you have to save our country. Oh no no no! And we don't have to save our country. God's going to save the whole world. No, we are not. We do not kill. We do not. We do not kill. Under God's law, we do not kill. You know. So there's a lot of things we're set free from. Okay. And um, anyway, the last. The last thing I have here that I, I think is probably the, something very special is um, I'm going to have to pull my I close down everything else when I when I've got this talk show so I don't get any interruptions. But there was a nice little uh, saying that I wanted to pull up, and I'm going to see if I can find it here quickly. And I don't have time. And um, I usually have a couple of friends that come in and type things in for me, but I won't have time to type all these uh, scriptures in. I'm just going to find it. And I, so I'm, I'm going to quote them, so at least they'll be on the talk show, they'll be on the recording. Okay. 
these 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 are benefits of how we can develop um, that good personality. Okay, stripping off the old personality and putting on a new personality. Okay, and there's actually ten ten little points here, and there's a scripture that goes with it. Okay, so it's not just we we all know these things. But I, what the point I'm trying to get across is the Bible gives us all this guidance. See, we have a conscience, and our conscience usually guides us. But we have to have God mold our conscience. Sometimes our conscience is wrong because it's sinful and because we live in a world that, that's, that's bad. And so sometimes our conscience may not always be right. So by reading the scriptures... Uh, we can be guaranteed that it comes from God. So, anyway, here, I'll rhyme them off. And uh, number one says, listen without interrupting. Proverbs 18. Speaking without accusing. James 19. James 1. And 19. Giving, give without sparing. Give without sparing. That means give generously. Proverbs 21, verse 26. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Pray constantly. Colossians. Chapter 1, verse 9. Answer without arguing. Proverbs 17 and 1. Share without pretending. Share without pretending. Like truly share, not just, you know, don't share just because you think you have to or just to make yourself look good. Share without pretending. Ephesians 4.15 Enjoy without complaining. Philippians 2.14 Trust without wavering. And this is how we have to trust with God. Real trust. Totally trust. Trust without wavering, thinking, okay, I trust, but I really don't. Trust without wavering. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7. Forgive without punishing. Colossians 3, verse 13. And promise without forgetting. Let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. Promise. If you make a promise, don't forget. That's in Proverbs 13 and 12. So these these are all ways of showing love. Okay, so I'm sorry that I can't put these scriptures in to the chat board, but at least they're um, at least they're on the on the recording anyway, friends. So I hope that 
um, this has encouraged you as much as it has me to realize that the benefits of God's laws and that he he wants us to follow his laws so that it will benefit us and benefit all those around us and benefit the whole world and benefit God too and so that his purpose will be fulfilled that we will live in this beautiful paradise earth that is to come so um like I say my my mind's starting to get tired and and I'm losing track of I'm losing my train of thought here I've covered the material that uh, I had studied this week, and I hope that this will help you to uh, focus on on spiritual things. You know, thinking about God more, thinking about um, you know what He's trying to do with us, teach us now, so that we can start preparing for the end of this system. Because, like I say. Um, it's not going to get any easier and um, we have to get stronger in order to make it into the new system and uh, we have to, uh, we have a lot of things to to work on you know stripping off of our old personality and putting on our new personality in accordance to God's will and if we do it in accordance to God's will we can only be nothing but happy even through the hard times that we're going through, we can be happy knowing that we're pleasing God and, and we're, we're trying hard and working hard on doing it His way. And we're going to fall and make mistakes all the time because we're sinful. And we're going to, you know, it's going to take time. It's going to take uh, um, a thousand years, like I said in our last studies. It's just at the end of a thousand years we will reach perfection. And we will know totally right from wrong, and we will not be making mistakes. And and it's going to be a, a beautiful, um, a beautiful, beautiful earth and uh, beautiful people. And there will be no more wickedness. Uh, all that will be destroyed. Um, if anyone does decide to go wrong, they will not be there. Because there's no more opportunities for for wickedness. Wickedness has, has had its opportunity, and um, all will know that that is that does not benefit us to go against God, because uh, God only wants us to be happy, and we can be happy now. And this is how He's showing us that we can be happy now by um, studying the Bible and and following uh, what He. He tells us what is best for us to do now. And that will make us happier. Even through our trials. Anyway, my friends, I I can't think of anything else right now on that subject. And if anybody has anything particular that they would like to talk about uh, next week and we can discuss, I'd be more than happy to. Um, to you know, study through the week on 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 particular subjects. If anybody's got anything in mind, um, if not, I'll just uh, see where the week takes me and see what comes into my mind. 
uh, what we can talk about and um, take it from there. Okay, so thanks everyone for coming. Uh, I'm going to get myself tucked in and get ready for work tomorrow. So you just have a wonderful week and uh, God bless you all. And thanks for coming and um, we'll chat with, chat with you soon. Okay? Thanks for everything. Good night. Bye-bye.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.